0: Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm so excited to share this episode with you with Lola Wright today. And it's such an inspiring talk with her. She's an ordained minister with a gift for weaving together the mystical and material. And she served for many years as the CEO of Body Center, an organization committed to personal transformation collective awakening conscious activism and community building her work has taken her to stages around the world as a speaker and vocalist including agape international spiritual center tedx chicago ideas and the havana jazz festival and we talk about so many different important topics today we talk more about how you can relax into life and also what it is to birth a new paradigm. And we talk about the collective shifts and transformations that are going on right now and how you can align to be who you want to be and how to contribute to humanity and the collective. So I'm really excited to share this episode and I just want to take the time to thank everyone who's been pre-ordering my book. Uh, I've been giving away free oracle card readings so if you do pre-order my book The Law of Positivism which you can find the links for in the show notes here you can just DM me on Instagram and let me know. And yeah, my book definitely taps into what it means to be a part of this collective consciousness and how we can heal together. So check it out. And I just want to honor and appreciate Ace of Air, this week's show sponsor. Um, It's a newly launched beauty and wellness brand committed to products that put people and planet above all. Their line of clean, vegan, and cruelty-free skin care and supplements have been synergistically formulated at the intersection of herbalist wisdom and modern science, focusing on rituals that work from the inside out. Inspired by Mother Nature's ability to create abundance without waste, Ace of Air is the first and only beauty and wellness brand designed to be entirely circular and fully zero waste. You can explore more of these ideas and products at aceofair.com and at aceofair on Instagram. It's a beautiful, beautiful brand with beautiful founders. And I really appreciate you guys, Ace of Air, for supporting me and my podcast. And just enjoy today's episode. Hi, Lola. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Oh, I'm so happy to be here with you, Shireen. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for being here. And I would love to ask you what type of mindfulness practice you do daily or something that helps you in mm. your daily life.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things I'm presently bringing my attention to and regularly returning my attention to is softening my belly. You know, oftentimes we will have a kind of gripping and bracing in our body. And so I really bring my awareness to softening the body. And that starts with the belly. And as I soften my belly, I can bring my breath more deeply into my body. And in my experience, the extent to which we have capacity to breathe is the extent to which we can have access to choice versus reactivity. And that's always my practice. Very, very simple. Bring my awareness to my breath, deepen my breath into my belly, soft belly, relax my shoulders. I think we have um, a real susceptibility to walk on the planet in a kind of triggered and reactive state. And starting with the body awareness and um, relaxing the gripping is always my go-to practice.
0: Thank you for sharing that. It's such a beautiful practice and something that we also uh, teach in yoga when we're mm. breathing that we're breathing deep into our belly and and massaging our body from the inside. Yes, 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 it's important. yes. Important. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. We- a great perspective on how to uh, connect with the body and being present as well. And I would love for you to uh, tell the audience, the listeners, uh, who you are and what you do. I'm really excited to share your Mm. work here.
1: Thank you. Yeah, well, I'm Chicago born and built. Uh, I have four children that range from 23 to nine. I became a mom when I was 18. Um, I'm an ordained minister, a coach, a guide. I'm usually the person in a space that will say the thing that many are thinking, but few are willing to say. (laughs) And I think I spent a lot of years getting myself in trouble doing that. And I've refined that gift. And um i have an incredible partner my husband who um, i love and adore and that wasn't always the case that we we went through many years of challenge and um difficulty but he's really like my person who i i enjoy being with so very much um i know that you and i share in common that we are both doulas uh Mm -hmm. so i love that um Yeah, and I think more than anything, I'm a lover of life. So it's like I have tons of credentials. I have done dozens of training modalities, and I'm a practitioner of many, many art forms, but I think more than anything, I am just a lover of life, a lover of humanity, and I really support people in finding their sense of aliveness. I think it's really, really easy to walk through this human experience in a kind of dampened state where we've forgotten you know, what a gift it is to be alive. And the more that I can support people in connecting with with their sense of aliveness, and then being a contribution on the planet, I have done, I have done my work in the world.
0: That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. And your path sounds so uh, beautiful. And you've done so many different things, as you said, and and sharing so much uh like wisdom and mm. I'm, I'm really curious how you uh, also got into what you're doing like mm-hmm. how how did it all start
1: well i was raised in a family of people who were just sort of always curious always always sort of seeking and exploring i was raised in a uh, Catholic family, but I always say we were real like social justice Catholics and um, my grandparents were also deep roomy meditators. My grandfather studied with Thich Han Hanh and um, had a very, very significant meditation practice, very devoted to that. Um, my mom, when I was a little girl, was always like, you know, doing Feldenkrais or Reiki or, you know, now we're doing a macrobiotic diet. So there was a, you know, I was raised on homeopathy. So there was just always a curiosity and a willingness to seek beyond what was served up by the status quo. And so that was, you know, pretty native to me. Um, and I was living in a very conventional environment. You know, my parents were married and they were big socialites. When I was 13, my mom left my dad for a woman and that was in 1992 and it was, um, not morally disruptive. I mean, I had been raised with uh, an uncle who was gay and died of AIDS in the late 80s, so I wasn't living under a rock, but there was something very disruptive to my family system, and it really sparked my own journey. By the time I was 18, I was pregnant and having a child with a man who grew up in a very, very different environment than I did in Chicago, and um, I started to feel the dis ease of um uh like what what I might call suffering. Life felt really hard. I was eighteen, I was becoming a mom. I went from this very, very affluent family to being on welfare. And you do a few years of um a very disruptive change in your life. And, you know, I was sort of brought to my knees. So I spent many years in a volatile relationship that was pretty violent and involved a um, fair amount of addiction. And I got to a point of surrender like, there's got to be another way to do life. This, this is not it. And um, found myself in the company of one of my now mentors and friends, Michael Beckwith. And uh, at the age of 20, that that relationship and that meeting forever altered me. And that bega- began this very, very um, windy road of awakening and adventure. And um, it's been challenging and it's been rich with learning.
0: Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of, uh like deep transformations and life is like that it something when something new comes up it's teaching us something to move us forward towards where we're supposed to be and and um to learn more about ourselves as well
1: yeah what i came to realize in the early stages of what i would call like my own personal transformation so while i had been raised in a family of seekers that didn't necessarily determine that i would take that path you could assume but there's still our own journey that we move through and what i became aware of pretty early and it took a lot of practice thereafter was that i have the experience of circumstances and conditions but that my circumstances and conditions are not the truth of who i am that there is a reality to my being that goes far beyond this material realm this world of form and I share that not as any kind of escapism, but really as an invitation to look beyond the literal. And when I um, began practicing that, I started to see real shifts in my life experience.
0: It's beautiful. And what, what led you into um, birth work and mm. the hula work that you're doing? Yeah.
1: So I don't do a lot of doula work, but I love birth as a metaphor. And you know, I I have been pregnant six times. I've had four babies birth through this body. I've had two miscarriages, and one of my oldest and best friends is a woman named Latham Thomas. Who has written a number of books and is an extraordinary doula. And I really, in this, in this last year of pandemic, wanted to use this, this period of time. And of course, at the beginning, we had no idea how long it would last, but I knew that it had to be in service of my evolution, my growth, my expansion. You know, I fundamentally believe that all of life is for us. And so that had to be true of this dis ease and discomfort that we were in the midst of. And so I decided to do doula training, which I had intended on doing for many years. I wanted to sit at um, the feet of my good friend Latham, and she created an online experience, and it was very, very powerful. I attended the birth of my nephew in July of 2020 in, you know, a very unusual time with COVID. And, it was extraordinary to witness the strength of my sister-in-law and the um, just the power of the body to to navigate such acute of an experience. It was very, I mean, I, I, I forever altered by not just the birth of my own children, but witnessing the strength and the stamina of a birthing person, and then just the the miracle of life literally emerging. You know, I, I oftentimes say that, you know, when, it, when, a, when a birthing person's body is dilating, the last three centimeters of dilation are called transition. And they're usually the most intense, the most acute, and usually the shortest and i feel like that's what we've been in as a species is a a, these last three centimeters of dilation we're birthing a new experience of life a new paradigm and we've been in transition and it's been uncomfortable and it's been like the unknown but there's always something coming on the other side of
0: that Yeah, thank you for sharing that, and I so agree that there's this amazing uh, magic and and just uh, miracle around birth, and it's it maybe it was more um, like when we lived in a different way in society, we all got to experience birth. Mm. to be become reminded also of what life is and how life is is uh, uh given to us so i think it's really um something that everyone should experience mm. to see uh, a birth in 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 a natural way and and just see how like not only on tv like see mm. it in real life and and see that moment because it's like a huge huge portal opening up and it's so beautiful i really it's you you i can feel really um a, a shift in in consciousness mm-hmm. at that time. totally so-
1: yeah. Yeah, I also think it's a beautiful opportunity for birthing people, for for you know whome- whomever, whether it's a birthing attendant or the person birthing a baby, to really step into their agency. You know, in in I would say in particularly the United States, birth has become so um, medicalized, and it, it's almost treated as an ailment. And it really is an opportunity to step into an awareness of your capacity and your agency. Again, for me, birth is just an extraordinary metaphor. Like we can either live as if there's a threat always before us like the threat of birth is upon us the threat of the unknown is upon us or life is emerging through me there is something extraordinary happening with me those are very different ways to relate to any series of life experiences
0: yeah it's in everything it's so beautiful and um i'm really uh, so what you said about this, uh, uh, these last um, minutes or mm-hmm. hour in birth, and um, seeing that it's something with when when we think about pain or or like some type of suffering, uh, we don't see it as something that can transform. Like the 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 more it's uh, it, it, it can be something that it, for example in in birth this is just metaphorically I'm thinking mm-hmm. this, what she said that um, in birth it's something that is painful and but it's like positive mm-hmm. it's it's not a negative pain it's not something that stays chronically with you hopefully for most women it's not some women mm-hmm. do have um, uh, things that happen but uh and and we uh, therefore we can accept it uh and i teach uh, prenatal yoga to uh, to, uh f- to prepare women as well for birth and and when we when we release uh control and re- release fear that's when we can also like fully surrender mm. uh to our body or to life so yes it's such a good good concept to think about I think about birth and then think about everything that's happening now and and see that there is something else that nothing is gonna stay constant like this
1: yeah I think a lot about um, relaxing through the process of discomfort you know, that idea of that soft belly. It's like when I am going through a challenging circumstance or condition, if I grip or brace, if my body freezes, I have less access to mobility, to freedom, to um, creative solutions. To the extent that I can you know, keep my body relaxed, loose, I oftentimes say, loose knees and move your hips through anything in life, loose knees and move your hips. I then become increasingly capable of navigating dis-ease, discomfort, the
0: unknown. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that and um, yeah, it's so, So exciting to think about it like that and Mm -hmm. to just to, to try to constantly come back to that practice of Mm -hmm. releasing. Mm -hmm. And it's so important. And when we're not when we're conscious about it, we can do it. But usually, we're not conscious. So it's good to have that reminder. Yes. Thank you. Yes,
1: I think the opportunity to create a little bit of space between, yeah. you know, um, our response system, and this really is about the central nervous system. You know, it's like, where's the locus of control? I'm experiencing something happening outside of me. Can I create a little bit of spaciousness before I respond? You know, mm-hmm. when I was growing up, my mom always had a post-it note on her bathroom mirror, and it would say, "Act, not react." You know, it's like a great
0: reminder yeah exactly and i'm actually very curious of how um you went into becoming an ordained minister mm-hmm. how was that path
1: yeah when i when i um began to sense in to like, I, I had a very visceral experience when I uh, first met Michael Beckwith. Um, for those of you that don't know, he's the founder of the Agape International Spiritual Center in Los Angeles. And, mm-hmm. you know, he spoke at like a frequency that, that accessed me a way, in a way beyond my mind, you know, and it, and it sort of, catalyzed me and I said at that moment in my own being like I don't know who that man is I don't know what it is he speaks of but I am here for that and what, what I came to understand that to mean is like, I'm here for the revelation of truth. I'm here to support human beings in, in moving beyond the material, looking beyond the literal. I also was um, very involved in the Chicago hip hop movement in the early to mid 90s. And, you know, for anyone that has any level of familiarity with hip hop of that uh particular generation there was um a real uh sort of articulation and understanding of knowledge of self which really came out of the muslim tradition and specifically the nation of islam and the five percent nation and as a result of that i began reading black liberation texts and i started to become acquainted with a history of the united states that was not taught in uh, school and became aware of sort of um, the history of colonization and its relationship with Christianity. So I knew that I was deeply, deeply interested in the mystical realm. I knew that I was deeply interested in the spiritual realm. I knew that I was deeply interested in knowledge of self, which essentially means realizing a relationship with your higher self, with your essence, as opposed to just always navigating existence from the ego. And as I developed a deeper interest in that and became more studied in philosophy, I knew that I wanted to be um, a, you know, a source of support, a guide, a portal. And I knew that it wasn't, I didn't identify as Christian. And so I became trained in ancient wisdom and new thought teachings and um, led an incredible community in Chicago for many years called Bodhi Center. And um, yeah, I, I think that you know the idea of minister you know if we look at the root of that word it really means one who serves you know the senior servant the one who who serves the sacred in and for others and so i feel like you know on my best of days that is what i remember that i'm walking on the planet here to serve and support the awakening of humanity out of the loop of suffering into a high idea of um, beauty, joy, peace, harmony, freedom, love, unity, and um, there are all kinds of temptations that human beings experience all day long to uh, perpetuate what I might call the lie of separation, the idea that we are isolated beings rather than remembering that we are intrinsically connected, that we really do
0: belong to one another. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I agree. It's it's such um important thing to also be aware and practice to understand the connection with everything and everyone around us and that we're all feeling um, what the, the collective and and that we are all connected in that way and mm-hmm. I'm wondering how so now that we're in, in this time period of the year what you're seeing how the energy is moving us Mm.
1: yeah i mean there are i think there are a few pretty extraordinary things that are occurring concurrently um one is we are in the midst of a season change so we, we are transitioning from the season of winter into the season of spring which means metaphysically or metaphorically, an awakening is occurring. Something is beginning to stir again. Now, that happens to be correlating in many parts of the world and and in my experience in the United States with this sort of new paradigm of existence as we come out of different phases of lockdown in the pandemic. And so, you know, we've been in this very liminal space between a world that was pre perhaps March 2020 and a world that will be coming post March 2021. You know, and and the opportunity here is really a kind of um, rebirth a reimagination. I think most people that I talk to in my community that I'm supporting and serving in that space, their great concern is that I actually don't want to go back to some of the behaviors and patterns and assumptions and agreements that existed in the world pre-March 2020. So that requires something very different of each of us. If we are in a new paradigm, then, you know, it's like, the, you know, scripturally, it might be said, you know, let us let us pay attention to the tendency to put old, you know, to put new wine in old wine skins. You know, it's like we, we want to actually create a new paradigm a new experience and that requires that we recalibrate ourselves such that we support the evolutionary impulse of existence rather than you know serving as a kind of drag on it
0: Mm. you are so you put everything so beautiful and so um understandable as at the same time I love it and mm. I'm so, uh, grateful for your wisdom and how what what do you think are great ways of doing this and to um with ease going mm. into
1: this yeah I, I usually invite people into an increased awareness of You know, our three primary centers of intelligence. Most of us are extraordinarily familiar with our IQ or our cognitive intelligence. We have less familiarity with our EQ or our emotional intelligence. That is where our feeling states exist anger, sadness, fear, joy, and creativity. Those are the five core feeling states I really invite people to pay attention to. And then we are least familiar with our body intelligence our bq and for me anytime i'm making a choice i'm always tuning in to those three centers of intelligence my iq so what does my head say but then i want to go deeper than that what does my heart say what does my eq say and then for me, fundamentally, what does my body say? What does my BQ say? And you can apply this kind of like tuning in process to any choice that you are faced with. You know, let me really see. See, this, the suffering that exists in the human condition is, a, is as a result of us selling ourselves out or violating our internal awareness and our intelligence when we begin to awaken to our capacity beyond our head when we begin to awaken to our emotional intelligence and our body intelligence we organize ourselves very differently on the planet when you cut off the wisdom and the intelligence of the heart and the gut you will make choices that are far more careless and so I think as we emerge into this new paradigm, this new existence, you know, um, that really is calling for something. All indicator. You do not have to be a climate change expert to realize that there are global indicators that something new is required of us, and we each have a responsibility to pay attention to the to the the moments, the choices, the micro movements is this in alignment with who I'm here to be does it bring me increased aliveness does it serve as a contribution to humanity anytime I am making a choice from scarcity and fear watch out there will be a hangover effect and you won't like it and you may not be fully aware of it but years will go by and you'll begin to ask yourself the question why is this feeling so hard life is not intended to be hard it's actually intended to be joyous and creative and expansive the human condition manufactures the experience of struggle
0: yeah Thank you. Um, I think that it's a great way to put it this i'm I'm just thinking about one thing that that is really um something that people practice uh, ritually mm. every day, which I feel is a way of causing like inner trauma, and that's like sitting down and watching information that is not always there f- to make you thrive and grow and to expand and also create less segregation and, and more unity. It's actually doing the opposite. And that could yes. be news because uh. you know what happens in the brain when we're watching these things. And that's what I've seen. This is the what's been happening in the past year. Also, if you're already uh, in that mindset, now you're maybe driven even more into that that um fear and that suffering mindset because it, you're programming yourself to to it instead of like going within find the source and information from within because we're not supposed to like we're getting so much input through our sense uh, sense uh, through our vision and through our listening and uh, if you're sensitive also, like highly sensitive, it's it's really impacting you negatively and therefore also the collective. So mm. this is like amplified. So being very conscious of that and what energy we're putting out and how we're feeling and how we're also uh, creating this energy in others as well.
1: Yeah, it's a radical act to disrupt your addiction or attachment to drama. You know, and, and to your point, like, our media outlets are by and large dependent on human beings being addicted to drama you know i was talking to a friend yesterday and he said we're in a trance of gossip culture it's like you know who is it that's against us who is it that we're protecting against or you know need to be troubled by and, and it really is an incredible way to divide and conquer humanity. If you can have people believing that there truly is a threat out there, an opposing force, an oppositional presence, the more that you can sort of Seduce people into that fear, the greater ability you can have to control them. You know, we know that original sin was formed around the French Revolution as a political strategy to suppress people if you can diminish people's sense of self you can run a power game over them and so we each have an opportunity to awaken to the delusion that someone out there is going to get you imagine walking on the planet and perceiving life as your ally as opposed to your opponent you know it is a total game changer
0: Mm yeah it does change everything and and uh, i love the practice of of closing your um your these five senses and uh, that we practice in yoga and to go within because mm. in in the inner world uh, there is so much expansion and possibility and we think that that world is not real we think mm. that what we're we can experience with our senses is the real world, and the other stuff is is not as important. But it's so important, and that's why we do enter uh, other states, in dream state, for example, or in yes. meditation, and and to balance. Because also one thing that I've seen is that how have we we are so disconnected from our soul and 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 this higher source that is that is within everything that look at how uh, our culture has also uh, diminished the importance of sleep and Mm -hmm. how can you sleep less and and still be effective and we're like pushing away a really important part of our being and that's the sleep so we can uh, leave the body for a while and to do other things and then come back. So I think this is also a big problem in society and, and so many things that are put into the body that uh, like in Chinese medicine, everything that is happening in the body when we eat and the, uh, how the meridians and organs are, are working, connect, are very connected to our emotions and also our like consciousness so yeah it's a it's a really big thing that we have to shift
1: yeah i mean our perception of limitation exists in the sensory world to your point like in our five senses there is a very real experience of limitation and i would just say that your your superpower exists in in realizing that you are so much more than the limitations of your five senses and and to your point this is where imagination and creativity reside you know at the beginning of the pandemic and throughout we've really encouraged our young adult children who moved out of their brooklyn apartment back into their parents home which was certainly not their desire or intention (laughs) um we really encouraged them as they both lost their jobs you have the rest of your life to pay bills our expenses don't change a whole lot with you being home use this time to go deep into your artistry deep into your dream space deep into your imagination all of the logistical considerations will be there for you when you're ready but the most important investment that you may make in yourself is giving yourself permission to dream and imagine and create
0: yeah and and this this universe has really given us the opportunity to do that right now yes to have space for that. A lot of things that were not possible, like two years ago, we, it's possible now. A, a lot of positive shifts has happened already. So it, it's really about focusing on that. And we all, uh, as humans, um, a shift that happens, small or big, affect us in different ways. So of course, for some, this will be a very tough transition, but maybe this is the transition that will, uh, you know, when you go into a deeper shadow work and you you descend for a while, it's mm-hmm. meant to be that. And maybe in our case, this has been positive, but there's been other descents, like what you talked about, what you've went through and uh, when you've been pregnant and lost that and what that transition helped you move through and, and um, birth as well in your life. So it's, um, it's really about uh, also not uh, comparing lives or Mm -hmm. feeling okay, but maybe for me, it's been, like you said, of course, it's hard if, if, if you're very young, and you have some ambitions with your career and all of that. But as you said, it's, the, the, you have your whole life to do mm-hmm. that and
1: mm-hmm.
0: when you're in your early 20s you don't know that <laughs> but when mm-hmm. you're older you know that so yeah it's, it's really really important to remind each other about that and yeah but I really think that um, exactly what you said when we what like our senses are are limiting at, at the same time we're embodied for a reason and Um, But we still have the capacity to expand so widely and to to open up for it. And if we haven't experienced that, it's maybe we have to just uh, be intentional about it.
1: Yes. Yeah, I think oftentimes um, my husband is a landscape architect, and there is a concept in landscape design called winter interest. And what it articulates is, um, you know, his design styles, he designs for the winter in mind. He doesn't design just for the spring and the summer when you know all the colors are are you know perceived as beautiful and bright and you know fragrant he designs such that it will look beautiful even in the darkness even in the shadow even when you know the the ground is dry and it feels barren you know, and the the dried hydrangea doesn't look across the yard to the evergreen and say, that's not right. That's not right. I I shouldn't be having this experience of being a dry version of myself i should be lush and hardy like the evergreen no the the hydrangea is doing exactly as it should it is it is in a hibernation in a restoration in a recalibration and it is the beauty of the winter of the darkness of the unknown that yields and produces such glory in the light mm, that's
0: a Beautiful metaphor. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's so, so well put, very beautiful. And I'm also wondering how, like right now, how you're working to help others on their journey?
1: mm Yeah. So I have um, an incredible community called Our Circle. And it really is a beautiful gathering of human beings that um, get together weekly on on demand, you know, or live. Um, And the entire the entire exploration really is this idea of, hey, you know, this idea of new wine in old wineskins will not produce that which you desire. So there is an old pattern of belief, an old system of stories that may not be serving that which you are want to be, that which you want to be creating. So as we emerge as this um, new sense of self, I I I need to create a new container in which I live and thrive and move and have my being, and so you know I think we have a real responsibility to pay attention to the content that we're ingesting. And I'm a I love the content that you produce on online via this podcast and through social media. I feel very strongly about that myself, so I'm a big believer in, in creating affirmative content for the world to ingest as a kind of disruptive. Um, movement towards untangling from drama. Um, I believe in the power of coaching. I have coaches in many different areas of my life. I love the platform that I have to do group coaching work and um, community. You know, I think we each have to pay attention to who we are surrounded by and are the people that we're surrounded by um, really in service of our Um, our joy our peace our love our harmony our expansion our evolution our intention you know i have people in my life who i understand that they are not um like vibrating where i'm vibrating and that there's nothing wrong with that but they're also not going to be the people that i'm dreaming with and co-conspiring with and creating with so i think it's really really important to find a conscious community people of like mind that have a desire to amplify the good in one another and can hold space for when you are moving through the um, the subconscious mind or the soul the place or space where our memories thoughts feelings beliefs are stored held as we begin to untangle from that which no longer serves us we want to really be supported by the right community that holds holds us in
0: that yeah i agree thank you so much And how can people connect with you if they Mm. wanna reach out and work with you?
1: Yeah, I'd love for you to visit LolaWright.com. You'll see right up at the top of my homepage an opportunity to check out Our Circle. It's a really powerful community. Um, I'm very engaged on social media, so feel free to find me there too at Lola P. Wright. And um, yeah, I just extend the invitation for each of us to step in to a um a a, a, a vaster idea of who we're each here to be i think that the incredible opportunity that we have in this human experience is to transform ourselves over and over and over again not to get away from anything but to expand into a greater idea of who we are here to be so you know check out our circle at lolawright.com. i'd love to to have you join me there
0: Thank you so much. And I'm so happy that we had the opportunity to talk with each other. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. It's so beautiful. I'm so glad that you took your time. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Shireen. Thank you for being someone that is really devoted to supporting people in their own awakening. I think it is a really, really sacred gift. So thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for being here and listening. I would love to hear from you. If you have any feedback or thoughts around this episode, you can connect with me on Instagram. And I do appreciate everyone who's been leaving reviews and ratings on iTunes. It really means the world to me. And if you haven't checked out my Facebook page yet, please do so because you have all the episodes coming up there as well, so you get a friendly reminder every week when these episodes come out. So let's close this episode together with a deep inhalation, in through the nose, and exhale out through the mouth, and namaste.